Hi there, this is Matt Wakeling and you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, the show I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 106. Now today I have two very special guests for our 2019 NAMM special, the Inside and Out special. Guest one is Eric Fortaleza, Sydney bass player, very hardworking, always gigging, recording, traveling. He also happens to be an Aguilar amplification artist and endorsed artist, and that was his gateway into NAMM. We find out behind the scenes what goes on in the biggest music convention in the world. For part two of this episode, I catch up with my friend Gavin Moore from Coat Guitars, and we we just have a hang and talk about all the gear that caught our eye over the internet, and uh, as some of this gear is starting to turn up in Australia now, it's actually the perfect time for us to reflect on on our favourite releases. Alright, let's jump straight in. Here's my conversation, starting off with Eric. Eric Fortaleza, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me. No, no worries. Now, I'm just quickly grabbing you today to talk about NAM for our NAM special, but you and I, we're going to get together soon and dig into the whole Eric Fortaleza story, which is fascinating. But I hope. I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but NAM, man, have you been to NAM before? No, so that, that was my first time. Awesome. And, um, I was, so obviously, as a, any musician that loves music and loves gear would know what it is. And if you don't, you need to know what it is. Yeah. If, if you're if you're trying to be trying to be aware of what's happening, but I've never been, and um, that was my first time, and uh, it, it was a bit. If I can, sh- I, I don't know how long your podcast podcast stories are, but I want to make sure I get to share why I went and yeah, how. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so I was I I'm man. It's like one a.m. in the morning. I finished the gig and I get home, and then I'm just um I. Get this is normally the emails I get with the the companies I endorse and I work with, especially if I'm de- dealing directly. The emails I email them at the middle of the night because that's when they're up and that's when they're awake. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm getting this new in ears by Sixty Four Audio, which um I wanted to, which I wanted, you know, like I've been looking around to get for different in ear monitors, and then they asked me um if I'm heading to Nam. If I can, you know, because I'm ordering these ears, and I'm like, no, I'm not. But what if? Yeah. And yeah. Then, I, <laughs> then I checked flights. <laughs> then I checked flights that night, and there were just around Nam time. Um, there's there were these flights for like eight hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. Wow. And I'm like, if I I should go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was I'm an ring about it. And it, I finally, I'm going back and forth with confirming, checking flights, checking all this stuff. And from one o'clock to three, three a.m. That by three a.m. I finally decided to go. All right, fine, I'm going. I had no, <laughs> had no choice. The, the tricky thing about Nam for people that haven't been is it's invite only. Yeah, yeah, it's just so, industry. Um, yeah, yeah, industry only. Invite only for artists, musicians that um, connected with brands, or yeah. if you're, um, if you're. If you own a company, if you own a retail store, etc., you get first preference. But that's the tricky. That's why I'm in ahhing about it because I'm just, I'm just guessing. Oh, maybe I can get in. I I didn't even plan on going, but um, th- I just bought tickets anyway, so it made me, it gave me no choice. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'll, I I'll, I'll, I'll find a way. <laughs> that's awesome. Now you've got you've got a bunch of. Um, 
connections are in endorsement deals you're working with. And I think I was first alerted to you going to NAM um, through your Aguilar Amps connection. Is that yeah? Is that your in? So, yeah. So that that was my in, and it was um, they. So I so I told I informed them that I'll be I wanted to go to NAM, and they're like, perfect, done, easy. It was it was just one wow. email. It was one email and they gave me an artist pass, which is great because then art like um, it's just it just makes it it, it it makes it one. Obviously, it makes it easier because um, the public can't go. And I was really worried. Again, that's why I was worried if I could go or not, because I didn't want to assume they were just going to give me one. Yeah, sure. But they were like, yeah, of course. So that made it that made the relief of like, all right, I'm going to L.A. and I can get to Nam. But if I even if I didn't get in, I would have just gone around L.A. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, all good either way. But yeah, you got in. And what's what was your involvement there? What did you have to hang at the Aguilar booth or? What? So um, I got to I got to demo a few of the Aguilar amps, the new the new stuff that came out, and I got to buy one. One of the new the new there was a new release for Aguilar called the called the Tone Hammer Seven Hundred, which is a seven hundred uh, watt Class D amplifier that they had, which came out that which only that they released at NAM and I was like, perfect. I'll, I got to buy the ones that I was demoing. Awesome. So at the end of nice. NAM, I got to bring it home. I bring one home. Nice. Now yeah. in, in the old days, like buying a base amp, a 700 watt base amp in the States and bringing it to Australia would be a nightmare. But with this yeah, new class yeah, D no stuff, way. hey? I know class D has made it so like it, it's, it's made, it's changed the game. It yeah, really has yeah. because, now there's a switch. I used to worry about that when I first bought Aguilar ages ago. I was like, "Well, I buy all these amps. Can I even if I go somewhere where you know I want to use that?" Because then Class D means um, oh, I'm gonna get this wrong completely, but at least it's you know they they it's not as heavy as your tube amplifiers. Yeah, definitely. So you're meant to be able to bring them anywhere. But then if you can bring them anywhere, can they even plug in anywhere? In the back of the Aguilar Tonehammer 700 is like a 120 or 240 switch you can switch oh, okay yep wherever you are in the world just switch to where wherever it is appropriate perfect so there you go so um when i was using it there i had it at whatever american voltage is and then when i got home just flick a switch yeah yeah 240 there you go and i use good to go mm-hmm. nice man and the, yeah they're so small and light the class this i mean even over just normal solid state um, i know i know it's, well, just, it's just crazy light I'm a, I'm a fan now like i used to i used to be like a tube forever yeah, yeah but but i don't know i'm i'm not aware of it on guitars though i'm not it's not it's not my um it's not my uh my expertise at least class d things yeah, yeah. guitar ramps but um i don't know if they even exist but i'm obviously a fan of a lot of um princeton's and super reverb so i'm yeah. guessing they're all tubes they are yeah yeah i mean class d it's creeping into guitar land but um but yeah the bass Bass players, as is often the case, uh, you know, really pioneered the way with new technology. Guitar players seem to be, can be, I don't know, a little bit more uh, superstitious or, or whatever. <laughs> but uh, bass players, you know, will jump on a, you know, like a, yeah, lamin- well, it, a laminated bass. Sure, let's try. Yeah, you know, man, I, I love, I love. Yeah, it's right, it's right. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, I only want vintage, vintage only. And yeah. they're like, nah, let's go, let's go <laughs> ones with headless, nothing. Like strings on a stick. I'm yeah, ready. <laughs> So that's hey, that's cool about Aguilar though. It must be awesome as an endorser actually, um, literally hooking up with the company, um, 
at NAM, you know, and, and, and hanging with those guys. Yeah, it, it really is. It's like these are, I've, uh, this is the second time I met them in person because okay. I visited, I visited them in New York a couple of years ago where they, where they, um, so where they're connected, uh, where they build their older stuff, which I really love. And I think that's the reason why I really wanted to focus on them because a lot of uh, amps back when, you know, I, at first, when I was looking at bass amps, I was this young student going back and forth at the bass people that's unfortunately closed now in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And, um, after, you know, after uni or during my breaks, I'll just catch a bus to Annandale and just mm-hmm. go in and out, try out from Ampegs, Epiphanies, um, Mark Basses, uh, obviously Aglers were there, and all these different things. I'm keep trying it out. And what I found was with Aguilar, I'll, I'll plug into all these different amps. I would try as much as I can and see which one I like. With Aguilar, the reason why I loved it was it was the flattest. Uh-huh. It was the flattest response from from what I plugged into. So whatever sound my bass was, it sounded, that's the most uh, correct that I could hear, at least in my ears. With Ampeg and a lot of different bass amps, I, I felt it very colored. Mm-hmm. It, it was very, I mean, which is not a bad thing. It's a, Color is not a bad thing, but I, um, in my mindset, it was like, cool, if I want that color, I'll add it. But if I want a fresh, if I want a very clear palette, I need that. And I didn't feel like I had a clear palette with other bass amps. And that's what that's why I stuck with Aguilar. So, yeah, awesome. so sticking with them, because um, they were a smaller company in comparison to the big names like Ampeg and, and Mark Bass, at least at the time. Sure. Um, I got to talk directly to, this, to the CEO. Like the people, the, the there was you know it wasn't like I was talking to an um, artist relations. Yeah, I was talking wow. like anytime yeah. I had a question, I would just chat to the CEO. I was like, oh, just do this, oh, do this, try that. And I was like, wow, um, I'm I'm not. There's no there's no uh, miscommunication here. This is directly from the person that built it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing was as well is that because they're a, they're an American company. Um, and they still are American, and they still build uh, all their speakers and all their amps in their New York warehouse. That's what made me stick with it. Because at the time, you know, everyone wants every, all young young bass players think Ampeg. Ampeg is the best bass amp. I want to be Ampeg endorsed. I was looking at Ampegs, and yes, it would have been cool to have you know it would have been you know quotations cool to have Ampeg behind you. But I look at the you know I'm reading where this Ampeg was made and it was made in Vietnam. And I'm like, you know, like an American company and now is building their amps in Vietnam. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that uh, if it's made in Vietnam, it's bad. All I'm saying is that, um, you know, like the, if it's made somewhere else, I, I just question the quality. Right. Sure. Other than if it's made straight from the States. What's the vibe? So you're sitting in the Aguilar booth, you're demoing stuff. Are you like, you're meeting people, people coming up? So, so, um, what's cool. Uh, okay. So this is how, this is how Nam is normally broken, broken down. Uh, if I could just, if I could just, uh, there's a hierarchy, obviously you gotta, under, you, you sort of have to understand there's a hierarchy and the easiest way to, uh, to see the, the hierarchy is obviously with the badges that you have. So depending on how, depending on how you got in there, it will show on your badge. Mm-hmm. Um, by badge, I mean it's pretty much like a lanyard with an ID, yeah. and it says your name. It says where you're from. It says who you're representing, 
and it says what what you're there for. So um, you'll have ex- uh, the the general ones you'll see. Uh, um, oh man, I don't. I, ex- uh, I, don't, I don't remember much anymore, but I, I know that either this is a breakdown. You'll just have people people representing stores. So they're the salesmen okay, yeah, yeah. the, or they're the ones that are purchasing for their company. There's um, uh, there's people that exhibit exhibitors. So um, they're the ones that obviously uh, if they're if they're uh, um, if they're on the com- if they're on the company, but let's say. Sure. Aguilar Aguila owns a company, and that that's their that's their booth. Mm-hmm. That's they're the exhibitor. Yeah, so there's gotcha. a there's an exhibitor artist, which is one I had. Which is the moment it says artist, you're like, oh, you're the perform, you're perform, you're a performer. You're not just a a sales rep or a or a uh, how I, I'd explain it. It's it's a lot of a lot of what I find found at Nam because if I've never been, I realized that it's just a giant music it's a giant music store uh-huh. and the people buying are stores around the world yeah yeah that's yep. that's it's not really meant for cuz they're not selling to me an artist cuz if i if i go to go to a base and i i like a base like cool they're just selling it to one guy mm-hmm. would they, do you think i then i realize their priority isn't to sell one base to one guy yeah yeah. Their priority is to go to the sales rep for, let's say, um, the biggest, who's our biggest, Alan's Billy Hyde. Yeah. Right? I don't know. If they still exist? I think maybe. I haven't been. Um, so let's say they would rather sell, uh, talk to a guy from Alan's Billy Hyde and be like, cool, can we buy 20 yeah. of those bases? Yeah, So that's, that's their priority. Sure. And that's when I started realizing. The, mu- the musicians there aren't there to buy stuff. They're yeah. there to obviously just see showcase the instruments and the amps and the technology that's there but we're not we're not the priority the priority is <laughs> the, the sale sure and that, that's that's i think something that we need to uh we need to realize when we go in there that it that's 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 the cogs that's turning that that weekend yeah it's, yeah, yeah. it's not the musicians going in there playing and yeah because we're just playing we're not buying anything but it's 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 them selling to Guitar Center and Guitar Center go. We like that. We like to buy ten for all our stores around the country. Yeah, and obviously and like, that's massive know, for you know that's to them kaching rather than me going in there. I like that. I like to buy one, please. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for sure, for sure. So so like I guess what you're talking to retailers. Are you uh, are there any other Aguila artists hanging around? Yeah. So you'll see. Yeah, like I said. So you see that you see in the land you see in the lanyards and the IDs and badges that who they represent. So there are you'll meet a lot of Aguila artists and not just Aguila, Aguila artists, Ampeg artists, etc., etc., etc. You'll see every single representative of each um, of each um, com, com, uh, of each company and eat and all, all that stuff but what's cool is um in representing such a world-class company if that's on your name you like i said there's a hierarchy so you sort of see um you it's it, it sucks but unfortunately that's that's how it works if you if you see two people that you don't know and you're trying to network or create contacts if you see people that you don't know, two, if you meet two people that you've never met before for the first time, mm-hmm. and you see them with their two badges, and one says, let's say, Fender, and one says, uh, I don't want to badmouth a, a smaller company, but some, 
but some someone guitar else. company. Yeah. yeah, let's just some guitar company you've never heard of. Yeah, of course. You already like you sort of the hierarchy. You, you can already you can already see. You're like, okay, this guy is in a better position. I I guess I, I'm not trying to say that you judge people, but it is like I said, it is a room of trying to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that and that's their priority. So, um, you will meet all those people. The other thing is as well is you'll see, you'll see, um, legends walking around. Like, um, going through my going through my um highlights on my Instagram. The moment I w- walked in there, the moment I walked in, I saw Victor Wooden walking around. Uh-huh. Uh, Marcus Miller, yeah, uh, doing a demo. I saw, um. Uh, my favorite bass player, who um, my favorite big uh, pick bass player, Bobby Vega. If you've never heard of him, check him out. One uh-huh. of the best pick bass players, or just bass players in, in the world, I reckon. And then you just see all these legends walking around. You're like, oh, they're just there. Oh, that's oh, it's um, um, it's uh, who, who did I see the first the first night as well? Oh, oh, it's um, Richard Boner. You know, okay. so it's just you're just gonna see all these guys walking around or playing somewhere, and eat, that was day one of them. <laughs> and I was like, and that's the first hour. Wow. And I was insane. like, uh, so it does get overwhelming. But yeah. um, again, with the hierarchy, I got to hang out with Bobby Bobby Vega a lot, and we would walk around. And if you're walking around with another legend, and he introduces you to everyone, he's like, Bobby would go, "Hey, Eric, this is Alex L." Al. Uh, and I'm like, uh, Alex is a uh, uh, play for Michael Jackson. So it's like, that's the best way to meet your heroes, really. Yeah, right. At least in my in my point of view. It's sure, like, sure, yeah. You know, if you're going to just meet them, hey, my name is this, nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, cool. But if someone who's in that same caliber introduces you to someone else of the same of the, of the same or higher, then it gives you that validation of like, oh, okay, you're someone to, you're someone to, uh, to look at. Uh, I guess, Very but yeah, that that was that's crazy about that. That they were just all, they were just all there playing that everywhere and anywhere, and the and that was day one. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so. I cool. know, man. It was super overwhelming. Excellent, man. You've you've documented heaps of this really well on your Instagram page. So I'm gonna include um a link to that in the in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, they um, should. I, I called it NAM 2019 and it's really big. Yeah. But it was it's it starts off with me checking in my my mono case. Um my mono case to the flight and yeah. um it's a double mono case that I always fly with. Uh-huh. And um a lot of people go, "How do you do you check in?" I brought my blue P base with me, my 1963 P base. Okay. And I checked it in at my mono case. And um man, I've flown around the world with that mono case and my 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 vintage P base has been fine. I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> but <laughs> you're, you're um, checking it in. Yeah, I checked it in. Yeah, right. Um, wow. I've checked. Um, I my trial. I had a gig maybe. I had a gig in Spain eight years ago, and that was the first time I checked in. I didn't check in vintage bases back then. I just had like an American standard. Mm-hmm. I checked it in. I checked two bases in from Sydney to Madrid, and th- these are like three different flights, and it was fine. And that's when I realized. Oh, these cases can handle it. But um, this flight, what I do with my double mono case is um, I have one base on one side and then I put clothes on the other side and clothes in the same side as the base to oh, give it gotcha. extra. Nice. So that's, that's what I do. So it just becomes like one suitcase, really. 
There you go, kids. That's travel tips with <laughs> with Eric. <laughs> Take one base, but you need to double bag. That's the trick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, um, I like I said, I, I'm really looking forward to talking in more depth with you. But before we go on the Nam side of things, yep. Um, there was one product I saw you demoing. It was like a little subwoofer. Yes, perfect. Yeah, perfect. can you just quickly explain that? Because for people doing lots of in-ear gigs, it looks like, or even if you're not, it just looks awesome. Okay, so I think the the reason why this this thing, I'm not gonna, I'll build it up first. The reason why this thing is uh, so good is because it also has it has multiple applications. It's not just the one thing. It I now use it very often for a lot of different applications. And I'll explain what it is. So it's called the Backbeat. Mm-hmm. B-A-C-K Beat. B-E-A-T. Um, and you can find them on Instagram. It's called Get Get Backbeat. At Get Backbeat. Anyway, I first saw this, I first saw this on a like on on one of those starter up videos and Victor Wooden was playing one. And he's saying that it's like having and one of the quotes is like it's like having an eight by ten cab at your back. And I'm like, huh, I don't know. But it was still in it was still in um, trial stages at the time. Okay. And yeah. with anything that I like buying, um, I obviously want to try it first. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it's hard to sometimes just buy straight from a Kickstarter and just without we just reading quotes and reading for sure. You, yeah, yeah, you just, yeah. You just don't know. You have to try it first. Same with to me. That's the same with bases. That's the same with same with amps. You can't as much as people say they love this. You never know yeah. unless you've tried it and it's for you. Anyway, so um, that's the se- first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was uh, doing a support. I was playing bass for Jasmine Ray, country art- Australian country artist, supporting mm-hmm. this big, um, big American country artist named Granger Smith. Yeah. And I got I, I got along really well with um, his bass player named John Wisinski. Great bass player, but even greater human being. Um, and he had it. He had it on his bases. I was like, what are they? Like, oh, I've seen these. I'll try it out. So I tried it out. And it just felt like just, uh, how do I? It's, so, uh, it's just, it's, I, it's hard to explain the feeling, but it's yeah. just like this giant subwoofer. <laughs> like that you just feel this shaking at your back. Um. So yeah, just to describe physically, it's just like a small, it looks about the size of a radio uh, like a radio pack that you put onto your your guitar strap, is that right? Yeah, that's it. So yeah. it's a, I think it's the size. If people want more correct size, it would be the size of an iPhone X, an iPhone Plus. Okay, iPhone okay, Plus. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the same size on it, and it looks like it just looks like some some box yeah, with, cool. with with knobs on it. So you yeah. attach it to your strap, and this is this is its first this is its first um first application. So uh. Attach your strap, and there's two inputs, uh, two places to plug into. One, for so first chain is instrument or bass mm-hmm. to the box. Sure. And that's your first application. You turn up the intensity of the of the sub. It, um, a lot of I explain to a lot of drummers. It's like this thing called the butt kicker. Yeah, yeah. They it's used like, to screw subs underneath drum drum seats to. So yeah, so they can they can feel the you know the the instrument, and I reckon yeah. that's the first application, right? Yeah. So if you're just at home, or if you're just and 
I, I think a lot of I, I have a lot of friends that pick up the bass but don't have bass amps, and they're and they're learning. But I think the danger is, and as a guitarist, you would know that an electric guitarist as well. If you can't hear what you're playing, your technique will be wrong. Sure, sure. You know, you, you need to learn subtlety, and you need to learn dynamics, and you need to learn velocity, and how to attack the strings, and how loud you need to go. If you've never plugged, if you've only played electric guitar acoustically, and you've never plugged into an amp, and you've been practicing, the moment you plug into an amp, you are not going to be ready for what's going to come out there. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, I think your your attack will be too much, or you're not, gonna, you're going to lose subtlety. And that's the same with bass, I reckon. Um, I think this is a great uh, practicing tool for young bass players because um, it gets them, when you, when you plug in this thing, when you plug in for first chain bass to the, uh, get the, to the backbeat and you feel the rumble of, of your string. So it follows exactly what you're playing. It's not, it's not just like, it's not a tempo or a click. Mm -hmm. It follows exactly to the, freak, uh, to the notes that you're playing. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. Um, so I, it's, it was a great way for me to sit down and practice as well, because it's like, oh yeah, you, you realize that you attack too hard if you play in a bass acoustically, yeah. but then the moment you feel what you're playing, you realize, oh, I don't have to dig in that hard. Yeah. I can, oh, that's, so that's application number one. Um, with that same setup, there's a headphone jack out. So mm -hmm. uh, you plug yeah, in cool. you, you plug in headphones or earphones or any monitors that you you can go directly and you can hear a true bypass bass sound and you feel it as well. So that's a gr another great way of um, not you're not just feeling it you're also hearing it now sure. with the volume. You know, the, uh, another thing, another application is uh, you have your headphone jack out and you have an auxiliary in. So what I do before a gig, if I'm not home, if I'm just at someone's house and I need to learn some tunes, I plug in my iPhone and play MP3s on that. At the same time, having my headphones out from the backbeat and having my bass input in so I can hear both my MP3 nice. and my bass and feel it at the same time. Very so it's cool. also another practice tool. It's like a little bass. It's pretty much just like a little bass amp that you can have. There's a, I think there's a four-hour battery life, lithium battery life. And okay, it's nice. Before. It's rechargeable. Um, it takes, I don't know how long it takes to charge, but it's super recharge. It's rechargeable. I just charge it before, before a gig. So that's application number one. So that's your, your home, your practicing, or your learning songs, which is obviously the most, uh, an important part of it. Now, the other application is obviously live. So there's another output that goes straight to your DI or your bass amp. And true, it's true bypass. So whatever sound you're plugging in goes straight to your bass amp. Nice. So you feel your bass amp um, and you can walk away from bass amp and you still feel it at the back. Because I think that's what a lot of, I now tell a lot of people is the, re the reason bass players turn up, at least, I don't want to um, generalize, but at least the reason why I turn up isn't to hear, isn't to really hear the treble of it, of my bass. It's to feel it. Yeah, sure. And I think that's why I turn up. Yeah. So having the backbeat doesn't make me you know, I don't have to turn up all the time now because I'm like, oh, I feel what I'm doing. And I know, you know, I just, and you just trust the mix, you know, nice. so that, that's, um, awesome. that's a great application. So those are the few applications that you can use it for. And you're right. Um, if you do any gigs, if you do um, no bass gig, uh, no bass, no amp gigs, if yeah. you're doing 
TV gigs that you can't have bass amps. Yeah. There you go. That makes it makes it at least more refreshing and easier to do. And it makes it, um, I think it's worth it. And that thing as well, I got it straight from, uh, I got it straight at NAMM and I got to try it again. And I got to meet the, I got to meet the, um, the guy that, that, uh, that built it. Um, I'm just trying to remember his name because his name on, his name on, uh, on Instagram is obviously get backbeat. Okay. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me let me try to remember. His, uh, I don't think oh, I feel bad now saying this, but now we're talking about him. But it's all good. <laughs> um, but um, he's from he's from uh, he's from Sydney. He's Australian. Oh, really? He moved to the states, wow. and it's like I was pretty much chatting with him, and he's like. Where are you from, man? I'm from Western. Uh, I'm from Australia. He's like, oh, me too. Awesome. I grew up. I grew up out there. It's like, and I go, where? Where in Australia are you from? And he's like, uh, you wouldn't know. It's from the West. And I'm like, try me. <laughs> and it's like, um, Canleyvale. And I'm like, mate, I'm from no. Blacktown. <laughs> I'm from, man, I'm from Blacktown. Westies forever. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's like, it was just, it was just refreshing and affirmation awesome. to know that. Man, the guys that are trying out his technology are like Victor Wooden and all the Michael Jackson's bass player Alex Hell um, from from Marcus Miller and all these world class musicians trying his his product and it's from out west. Wow, in, awesome! In Canleyvale, nice. like, Wow, there's, you know, there's no limit. There's no limit to where we can go. You know, absolutely, man. Eric, it's been awesome. Thanks for joining me on the Nam uh, special and. Um, yeah, backbeat. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig more into that yeah, and should. find out some more. But, um, mate, we'll have you on the show soon. Um, but yeah, Love in the meantime, that. thanks for jumping for this. Thanks, and, uh, Matt. Thank you so much. We'll catch you soon. All right, that was very cool. Behind the scenes at Nam with Eric. Awesome. Can't wait to meet up with Eric face to face very soon to record a podcast episode and do some jamming and, and find out a bit more about his career. It is a very cool story. All right, moving along, Gavin Moore, my next guest from Coke Guitars. Gavin will explain a little bit more about Coke Guitars at the start of our conversation. And then we launch, or should I say, we continue the NAM geekery, the NAM nerdery, as we uh, discuss some of our favorite releases. Let's move straight into that. Gavin Moore, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Cool. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, my pleasure. Um, now, I'm excited to talk about NAM and, and have our. Um, you know, we weren't in NAM view of what went on and uh, looking online and all that kind of stuff. But first up, you you also run Coat Guitars. Tell tell us about that. I do. Yeah, it's just a uh, coat being. I live down in Heathcote, down in southern Sydney, and it's just a, a play on words. Um, yeah, it's just a little business that I run on the side. I'm actually a uh, avionics engineer with um, with a big Australian airline that I won't mention. Um, so on the side, um, yeah, I just run a business repairing guitars, amps, effects, and all things musical. And um, and so, yeah, it's going really well. Yeah, it's, it's been good. Fantastic. How long have you been running that for? Oh, essentially, as per Coke Guitars, probably for about three years now, yep. um, I decided to sort of make it a bit more full-time, well, not full-time as such, but uh, a bit bigger. And, um, yeah, it's exploded. So, I mean, I've been tinkering with guitars and amps since I was a kid pulling things apart so it's just been a natural progression i started fixing friends guitars and amps for cases of beer and, and it just sort of it sort of grew exponentially from there mm-hmm. yeah 
Excellent. I've seen, because um, I follow you on like through social media, I've seen some really interesting things floating through um, your yeah, place yeah. as well lately. What, what's some of the more unusual jobs you've been doing? Well, well to be sure, that's the um, the best thing about doing it is that some of the stuff that you get to play is just <laughs> unreal. I've literally just um, finished restoring a 1968 Domino um, Japanese uh, guitar that a guy around the corner had had since he was a kid and he'd had it since fairly new and it had been in, under a bed in box and pieces and um, yeah I had to reinstall the whole thing because you couldn't buy bits for it uh, so I had to make a lot of stuff and uh, it just came up an absolute treat I had no idea that it was such a beautiful guitar and um, yeah he was happy the photos are there on, on my Insta page and all that um, I, another one I just did actually the other day was a, I'd never heard of you've ever heard of a, a Fender Lead Series guitar that in the late 70s early 80s they were just like a one humbucker, small strap. Oh yeah, the um, lead. Yep, yep, yep. I think yeah, it was a, it yeah. Was a lead one, lead two. Yeah, that's the one. Lead yep. three. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know much about. It. I had one. Yeah, I just refretted one of them and, and did a bit of repair. And uh, mate, it came out fantastic. Uh-huh. I thought I love my strap, but this thing, I'm nearly better. I think. <laughs> I didn't really want it. I didn't really want to give it back. It was just a beautiful guitar. That's so yeah, cool. that's that's one of the things. And you get some beautiful amps you play through and. Uh, Something you would never normally have, so it's the perks of the uh, the gig, mate. Yeah, nice, nice. Did I see you had um? Was there a lute or something? Some weird kind of acoustic? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did an old Russian domra uh-huh. from the uh, from about the forties, uh, like a full restore on that. That that had just fallen apart. Um, and a Russian friend of mine, yeah, dated it where it was from and everything from all the, the acrylic writing inside it. Um. And I've just, I've literally got another one now, an old uh, English banjolin, it's called. It's like a cross between a banjolin and a mandolin. And I've just, I've done one a while back and I've just got another one in today, which is about 100 years old. I made in, um, made in England in sort of 1910, about that sort of 1920s. So, yeah, it's cool doing stuff like that, you know, with a bit of history. And, um, yeah, think of family bars and sweaty places these instruments have been in over the last years and the stories they could tell it's um, it's cool i really like that side of it yeah. yeah nice man that's cool that's great well um what we'll do we'll um we'll put all your details in our show notes so if people are interested in getting in touch with you yeah um, cool about awesome. co-guitar stuff yeah. yeah we'll definitely um, yeah yeah put those details there and people can chase you up. yeah always happy just even just a chat man i just love talking guitars and amps <laughs> love it <laughs> excellent well we're in we're in the right spot that's yeah, cool. cool. Hey, Nam 2019 looked pretty pretty good. And again, like I said up at the front, you know, this is our uh, view here in Australia, checking stuff out online. And then as, as the gear slowly trickles down under, um, we, we're checking out some of this stuff. But um, yeah, I was really keen to have a, have a yak with you and uh, get yeah. your perspective on, on some things. Um, so much cool stuff this year. What if we start with amps? Yeah, okay. So there yeah. was one series you and I both were interested in talking about, and that's the Marshall um, Studio Series, which looked to be, a, yeah, man, such a, a, great, a great thing. Um, yeah. These are interesting because the, the Marshall, I don't know if you've seen the Origin Series that came out maybe at the yep. same time last year. Um, and they, they had mixed a mixed reception, I guess. Some people loved them, some people... Um, yeah, it never really took off, did it? Not, yeah. not quite. I think some people... Some, for whatever reasons, we'll put off by the the non UK construction and yes, um, yep. and they're, they're built to a price point. Um, whereas the studios look um, like they're big, they're big brothers. The uh, the old well, 1500s. They look, yeah, they look great. Um, 
and it looks like Marcel has actually been listening to what people have been saying. And um, oh, look, it's the way the world's going. We all know that that no one likes loud stage noise anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everyone knows that a JCM 800 or a, you know, a Plexi Marshall sounds phenomenal, but they only sound phenomenal when you you're dialing them past six or seven and yeah. you just can't do it's very rare you can do that unless you're paying <laughs> you know, stadiums and stuff which you know the vast majority of us are playing in small pubs and, absolutely um, um so you just can't get the best out of those amps is no matter what so it's it's a late amp is there that if you can somehow get that circuit and shrink it down to somewhere around 20 watts um that it's going to be a winner and mm. it seemed to be a common thing across Everything I was looking at in AM that uh, a lot of the big manufacturers have, have done the similar sort of thing, it, it, to use that, that term lunchbox amp sort of thing, where they're just shrinking down circuits to smaller wattages so you can... I mean, they're still loud. <laughs> they're, oh, I bet. I bet they would be they're, they're, still, they're still loud. But yeah, they just they just don't have the headroom and all that of the, of the big 100-watt beasties that are... That, um, that their predecessors. But, yeah, I think, I think they're on a winner... Um, I don't know if you've seen um, if you follow you'd follow Brett Kingman obviously yeah for sure on the socials and yeah. and he he had um, he had I think he had the studio, which one did he have the 800 or the JMP I can't think at the moment but he was raving about it and um and I, I listened to all the the YouTube things and he had me gassing for it it yeah, just yeah. sounded so good <laughs> it sounded so good yeah oh, I can be great they'd be great to to rock out on the gig so they've got the um. So they're essentially twenty watt combos and heads of the uh, the JCM eight hundred, the Silver yep. Jubilee, I think. Yep, yeah, uh, Silver Jubilee, yeah. And uh, and it was a, like the Slash model, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jubilee, I I don't. You might know better than me. What's what's the big difference between those and a um a JCM eight hundred? Oh look, it's just circuitry essentially. Um, there's a few more bells and whistles and a little bit more high gain. They okay. went for the you know a hard rock sort of sound with that jubilee. That just sort of you know that's what the nine hundred was all about. Was trying to make the eight hundred a little bit more high gain, you know, for the what was hair metal. Yeah, and they yeah. sort of just grew from there because like the same thing. You can't get an eight hundred to sound that big unless you turn the you know crank it and stick a pedal in front of it. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Slash originally he was using. I could be wrong. He was using one and for that sort of tone. You know, yeah, really I seem to remember that. Yeah, Marshall sort of like harshy sort of jubilees, the silver jubilee. So. Yeah, so they've just modelled those three originals into into a smaller um, chassis and uh, heads and combos. Yeah, and I think yeah, as I said I think they're on a winner. Yeah, looks fantastic. So twenty watts switchable to five watts. Um, yeah, you can switch them down. That's right. Yeah, nice as well. Yeah, for for what's yeah. I thought that the origins were cool, but these you know just re reissuing these classic models in a in a smaller package, um, made in the UK. It's it's hard to go wrong. It is, yeah, for sure. It ticks all the boxes. Yep. Nice. Yep. I saw the Plexi head um, in Australia for about 1400 bucks. I think the retail's yeah, about 18 but Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, yeah, it's about that. I was actually um, another uh, guest of your show, Scotty Burford, a good mate of mine. Yeah, um, yeah. He was, he was gassing for one as well. We were having a big chat about it last <laughs> yeah. month. Yeah, should he, shouldn't he? I don't think he's ruled it out yet. But, okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think Hayworth were down in... Um, down the gong, we're looking at getting them in if they haven't. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind trying them out, that's for sure. Nice. What other um, low wattage amps did you see? I like the. Um, I'm a big fan of Dave Friedman, who's a uh, an amp designer in, um, yeah. in the States. Mm. And he doesn't, oh, actually, these days he's just gone bananas. He does pedals, guitars, everything. Guitars, yeah. Yeah, he's done the beautiful guitars too. Um, he had a, he, they re released the Jerry Cantrell 100 watt. Same idea with the Marshall. They reduced it down to like a small version, 20 watt. 
uh, model, with J- they call it the JJ Junior. Um, and with all the bells and whistles, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what you know, would go for in Australia because they're not here yet. Um, but yeah, look, I had it all like, um, yeah, but they had cabinet immolation, uh, building load attenuators, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Really smart thinking. You know, yeah. he's he's a very clever dude, Dave Friedman. So I, I had a really, really good listen um, to all the YouTube stuff of that, and that sounds killer. It sounds absolutely brutal for a small amp. Sort of more along your, your metal genre, I guess, than or hard rock. But yeah, he does good stuff. I've never heard anything that uh, of his that's just not top. Yeah, it really tops. Nice. I've had... Um... I've had guys raving about the Friedman. Uh, what is it? The Dirty Shirley? Is that? I think that's a twenty. Oh, the Dirty Shirley's. Yeah, another mate, low wattage killers, one. Mate. So yeah, nice. the Dirty Shirley's, and they're, they're well, they're a twenty watt head. You can get the mini twenty watt Dirty Shirley's as well. Yeah, um, and they're, they're basically designed to be a hot rodded Marshall. Yeah, 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 just an absolute cooking hot rodded Marshall, and that that's like what a lot of those guys where they got their starts from was basically modding Marshalls and modding amps, and then coming up with their own ideas. You know, smart cookies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, he does a lot of good stuff, and a lot of big guys um, use his stuff. So yeah, he's doing yeah. something right. Yeah, shout out yeah, to um, heard... Charles Cilia as well, who's the uh, I think he's the Australian importer. Oh, is he really? I think oh, so. Awesome. I think so. Oh, good. I hope I'm right. Oh, that's if, unreal. If I'm yeah, not right, cool. this will be edited out. But if I am right, yeah. I'll just leave it. I think he is. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's nice and close, not too far from me. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Uh, what else? What else? Low wattage. Uh, was there any other low watts you wanted to talk about? Oh, there was. Oh, mate, there was a heap. There seems to be like a, <laughs> uh, an in vogue sort of thing to do this low watt with yeah, a lot yeah. of amps using the L84s now, which is the smaller, yeah, the smaller valves or tubes, whatever you, whether you're American or English. Mm. Um, and a lot of them have all these sort of yeah direct DI outs and emulated outputs, and some of them have load attenuators. Um, which is great, you know. If you've, you know, the values that before, the vast majority of us in our bedrooms and stuff like that are recording. Yeah, uh, the options are phenomenal. Yeah, it's um, cool. There were, yeah, there was a the the Black Star also did one that Jared James Nichols um, twenty watt um, oh, Black yeah, Star. Oh, cool. nice. Um, head that was nice too, from what I saw. Another another killer player. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I, I think I first heard him on Jude Gold's podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Just yeah, a lot out. of yeah. P ninety, P ninety, Les Paul, and his yeah. fingers, no, no pick, yeah, no, no pick, pick. yeah, I'll oh. do it. He actually uses an Epiphone. It's not even a, a like. Oh I really? Hate to say real Les Paul, because that sounds very snobby. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with Epiphone, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uses an Epi Les Paul, and it sounds killer. Yeah, yeah I was man. listening to him today. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but yeah, that was sort of the the um the uh, small amps. Yeah. The only the only sort of big. I'm sure there was a lot of releases, but the only other sort of big amp was the victory um the victory amps they, they've gone the other way and upped their 40 watt deluxe into um the 140 oh, basically okay. you know they've add, added another pair of 6l6 valves and yeah and um <laughs> made a big 100 watt version of their single channel victory which are also killer amps nice, um, nice. so yeah yeah beautiful so and you can switch that down to 30 watts as well okay okay yeah that's all oh, oh, that's good well, that's sensible, hey? Yeah. I'm gigging with yeah, a 30-watt yeah. uh, Laney, a UK-made Laney, um, pair of 84s as well, the EL84s, like you were yep. saying. Yeah, was yeah, that the LC30? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, good amps, man. Yeah, Laney stuff is very underrated. Yeah, I work on it a lot. Uh-huh. i got a lot of guys who use them. Yeah, they're, they're good, and they're, they're well-built too. Yeah, they're, they're good amps. Yeah, good times. 
Good times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I think you need much more than 30 watts these days. Yeah, it seems like it, hey. It seems yeah. like it. Well, like I said, unless you're playing, yeah, down low or <laughs> yeah. those big outdoor festivals, it's a different story, yeah. Yeah, sure. Put, put it this way, my 100-watt um, amp and cabinet I'm sitting here looking at doesn't get a lot of use these days. <laughs> Is that um, your Lone Star? No, nah, the Lone Star is only a 30 watt. That's, okay. only a, uh, that's a combo. That's my main gigging amp, yeah. Just because nice. it's pure versatility, yeah. Yeah, very cool. What's your 100 watt? Uh, it's actually, it's a, remember the brand uh, Ashton? They're, they're an Australian yeah, yeah. company, but they had their stuff made overseas and they sort of went out of business basically because they had the wrong business model, in my opinion. But they actually made really good stuff. And um, essentially, they copied the Marshall um, JCM 2000. Um, TSL and DSL amps and called them, you know, they called them, so they're exactly a clone of it. And you can get them as cheap as chips and they sound awesome. Wow, <laughs> it's just, awesome. it's one of those things that, yeah, it's, it's really funny that Ashen stuff. Their guitars are great too. They're actually really good. Huh. They sort of got branded as cheap. Right, and you know, yeah. the Australian public went, oh, we're not buying that sort of cheap rubbish. And yeah, so yeah. they sort of, you know, it's their business model. But yeah, no, it's great amp. I A beat it against a real 2000 only last week and there's very little difference really? mate. Wow. yeah yeah very little yeah that's nuts. yeah uh, yeah man i'll be scouring gumtree now to check one yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i'll never turn it up loud enough and i'll just sit in my garage <laughs> no that's right yeah that's right. sit there collecting dust stopping dust from getting on the carpet yeah all right um you mentioned les pauls let's talk about gibson they made um a welcome and probably expected return to their roots at this season mm. Yeah, they did, and good on them. You know, like um, it's it's great to see like an iconic brand like that. No one wanted to not that they were ever going to fold, but no one wanted to see them you know, down and out. So they've essentially the, the similar sort of thing to Marshall. They've listened to their customers, mm -hmm. their customer base who said we want simple um, models of all your you know, Les Pauls, SGs, Juniors, three three fives, and we want them to be like the old standard Gibsons that you used to make, simple and good quality. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like they've done it. So good on them. Yeah. Nice. Any uh, any models stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, look. I tell you what. Not that I've actually physically had one in my hands, obviously, but the uh, just the Les Paul. I love Les Pauls, um, and the standard fifties. In the the uh, they had beautiful finishes on them. They had the the standard sort of sunburst and and the gold tops as well. P ninety models. Nice. Um, they just look. Yeah, they look really good with the big fifties. You know. Big necks, the baseball necks, baseball yeah. bat necks. Um, and the, the surprise they didn't go the full, um, put the bumblebee caps in them, but yeah, for the, some of those tone heads like the old paper and oil caps because they think it oh, makes a okay. difference, but yeah, <laughs> which it doesn't at all. <laughs> um, so they put orange, they put orange drop caps in them, which are good quality, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, they've, they've released everything, all their guitars, the whole, all their lines, um, they've re released in the sort of the standard, um. Models, which is yeah, great. I'd, yeah, I'd love to get my hands on one, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's such a sensible move because um, oh, it is. The, yeah, it's they don't need to reinvent the wheel. They've already got it going on. No, they did, and they they tried to be they tried to diversify too much and and had silly things like those robot tuners and yeah yeah and stuff like that, you know. And look, I've got a Gibson I'm seventy two Les Paul loose on tuners sitting right here, and the thing stays in tune like a rock, you know. Uh -huh. Um, once you set it up right. So, uh, they, yeah, as you said, mate, they, they tried to reinvent the wheel, turned too complex, and it sort of fell in. So, yeah, good to see them back and nice and simple. And, you know, look, I hope they sell heaps. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, back to the future again for Fender. They um, Well, they did a couple of interesting things. They did the uh, 
wasn't the parallel universe that was last year was it um the altered reality series or something like that yeah no so i don't know i didn't see that one yeah i'm not sure like so much stuff came out so yeah i yeah. sort of got a bit overwhelmed i thought they did do some sort of like uh hollow body telecaster i did see that oh yeah with a pickup oh. with an electric pickup. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the sort of acoustic, didn't really my boat. The <laughs> so That's the one, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. were raving about that. I didn't really get it. Surely it's no. a compromise of both instruments, like... Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. I can't see it working, but hey, look, I've definitely been wrong before, so who knows? Yeah, yeah I mean, but, yeah. props yeah. to anyone who really needs an acoustic that's got a telebridge pickup and is constantly switching back and forth. That's awesome, but yeah, yeah I... I just my own needs. I, I wouldn't be lining up for one. No, 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 no. I didn't play my vote, but you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> they did release the um, the Jimmy Page. Yeah, yeah. Though, which I thought was was awesome. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, with all the... Do you remember, I, I didn't remember. I knew the Dragon Run, obviously, because I'd seen that. But I did, originally had like a the 59 telly, that same guitar. It came out with mirrors all over it. Yeah, I had no had idea like, about the mirrors. Yeah, it had like round, like the round you know, mirrors, two, that's three, right. two or three inch mirrors, just like <laughs> super, well, you know, poxy to it, I guess. It looked terrible, but um, that's just you use that. Yeah, that's how it got used. So they're actually re releasing that guitar in two different models the one with the mirrors and then the one with the like the painted dragon on it. Yeah. And um, and if you've got 50 grand US, you can you can actually drop that on, on those two and get them delivered to you. <laughs> With delivery, nice. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right, man. Crazy. Yeah, I'm just yeah, after we get off the phone, I'm just gonna ring him straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look cool though. The the, the guitar mm. itself. Um, hopefully they'll they, do they a looks... um, like a more standard version for. Yeah, they do. They're doing two um two lines of each. The custom shop ones, yeah. which are the XE ones, and then they're doing the two of the normal production line stuff, which you know, I guess, and I could be totally wrong, probably around about the three grand mark in Australia. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, yeah, it looks, looks, yeah, which is basically a yeah, 59 model telly. Yeah. Um, painted up with a dragon on it. Yeah. Um, old school pickup. So, yeah, awesome. And it sounded pretty good on that first Led Zepp album. So, it obviously yeah, it worked. works. It worked there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arguably, the other big guitar company, um, PRS, had some, I mean, always does yeah. really cool stuff at NAMM, but, um, there what i noticed i think you mentioned earlier too um was the one of the se's the paul's guitar as in yeah paul reed yeah. smith himself the, um, that's right yeah i presume that's what it's modeled model on his personal guitar yeah i sort of gathered that's what it was about so um yeah it looks great oh i think the, the, i'm a huge fan of prs i think they do great stuff really yeah, good they're sort of sure. innovative without being over the top and uh, again this stuff just works arguably a little bit expensive i think for the average person some of those high-end stuff sure, but um sure. yeah i think some of them i mean I'm, I'm across all guitars you know if you you get a basic guitar and set it up correctly with you know the right nut and the right bridge and everything you can make anything um play well and sound good so you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a guitar to necessarily make it sound great so it's good to see that paris has sort of said obviously again looking at the market and sort of, well, you know, we can sell a lot of guitars to people that don't want that high-end stuff, but still want a really nice guitar. Yeah, I've been super impressed with the the SE stuff. I mean, yeah, obviously they're, they're, they're top of the range. The the stuff of Maryland is, is incredible, but the SE stuff, yeah. that's what made it um, 
where's it made? World uh, World Music Instruments, WMI in Korea. Um, yep. Doing great. They do such a good job. And um, Oh, mate, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful finishes. And, you know, again, I've been lucky enough to work on quite a few. And yep. they're good. They're just good. Yeah. And like every now and then, yeah, the old one might need a bit of a tweak here and there. But, yeah, they're mm-hmm. just good guitars. Yeah. And they sound great. They, they stay in tune. Their channel is a, a great idea, the way they engineer their channel. And, um, yeah, nice necks. Just sound great. Yeah, very cool. And they look good too. That the finishes are superb, even on the SEs. Even the SEs, some hey? of that. Yeah. Oh, mate, some of those that zebra wood finishes just killer. Um, yeah, yeah. They... I think and what's the other one? Zirikov, I think it is. It's like a dark ebony sort of style. Mm-hmm. That one from memory looked awesome as well. Yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah, and the uh, the Paul's guitar. I think it's retailing around fifteen hundred Australian, which is for the SE right. ranges okay. is pushing pushing it up yeah. there a little bit towards maybe yeah. S2 pricing yeah. for a PRS. But, I mean, still, it's it looks it looks awesome. It's got the, the new um, TCI pickups, which look yep. cool. Yep. The coil yeah, splits. Yeah, you can split them, split them both, yeah, split them both in all different combinations so you can be running a pair of single coils. And, yeah, again, innovative, you know. It's pretty simple to do, just innovative, yeah. Yeah, just nice to see it off the, um, off the shelf well, like the, that. I mean, lots yeah, of us have yeah. added splits to different guitars, I guess, but... Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it just adds versatility to a car. I mean, it's, it's, to be honest, it's not my thing. I don't really like it personally, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of guys do, and they, they get mileage out of it. It just adds that, you know, especially for you know live guitars, they don't need to take two or three different guitars. They can get away with one. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah. I've um my my main guitar is an old Frankenstrat that's got a PAF Pro in the bridge, and um yeah. The older I get, the more interested I am in splitting it. It seems, uh, as a kid, I just wanted to play as a humbucker nonstop. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But even that, even like yeah, a sort yeah. of a mid-output pickup, it's only I don't know if you go off resistance, which I know isn't the be-all for volume, but it's only around nine, nine k, and you split that, you're dealing yeah. with like yeah. a four and a half k single coil, which is not very loud, but that's the problem. That's right. Yeah, that you can. They're, they're starting now to produce humbuckers that aren't. Um, Unequal, so they do have one coil that's a bit stronger than the other. So yeah, when you do split it, um, yeah, it is, yeah, and and that'll get better as the technology improves. That'll get better and better. Yeah, um, especially with the stuff like the Fishman um, fluences and stuff like that oh, that yeah, aren't necessarily yeah. coil pickups. Yeah, yeah, um, which I've got, I've actually got them in my one of my tellies, and oh, um, really? they're great. Cool. They just sound, yeah, they sound fantastic. I've got the Greg Cock um, model oh, uh, yeah, telly pickups. Yeah. Oh, they're just awesome. They sound so good. Yeah. Nice. Are they running off an active sort of preamp? Yeah, they are. They are, mate. It's not a preamp as such. Well, it's active. Yeah, it's just a rechargeable battery in the in the lives under the telly faceplate. It required very minimal modifications, and it's just like a standard US mini USB connector. I just got to connect it in there every now and then. Okay. Um, it's like 120 hours of life. Wow. Yeah. Um, the trick is you don't leave your guitar plugged in. I yeah. found that out the hard way. Yeah. That, <laughs> that'll drain it. Oh man, yeah. all of us who had active pickups at one stage yeah. found that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've I've only played one gig. I used to play actives a lot. I don't anymore. But um, the one gig when the battery was just slowly going mid set, yeah. I will never yeah, forget no. that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to run, is there? Nowhere to hide. <laughs> and and I couldn't work out what the problem was. I think, man, my yeah. lead is it a lead? Is it? Yeah. Is my amp yeah. blowing up? Is it? It's no. Nah, it's just one nine volt battery under the back pickguard. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with actives. Yeah, it's the only problem with them. Yeah, oh, man. But yeah, the fluence idea sounds awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, any other guitars? 
Oh, look, there was a whole heap. And, yeah, yeah, like, again, I'm only going what I saw. I saw a court model. It yeah. was the G290. I just made a note of it when I mm-hmm. was watching this stuff a couple of months ago. And that looks killer. Like, I don't know anything about it. And there's not a lot of information out there. But, geez, it looks nice. Um, beautiful finish. Um, again, spittable pickups and every different combination. Locking tuners, swamp ash. Um, maple cap on a swamp ash body just looks really good. Yeah, um, nice. Again, no idea what who's even importing them into Australia or what they'd be sure. worth. But um, oh, yeah, I thought they looked good. Oh, there was a million guitars released there. Yeah. There was just so many. You'd just be talking all day about them. It's interesting you mentioned the the court though, and you you've probably noticed it at your store. I noticed in the early two thousands even. Um, I mean, I was doing a lot of guitar teaching. Kids were bringing you know, cheaper guitars or entry-level guitars or maybe yep. slightly above that. And they were actually great instruments that you think, man, yep, I, could, I could gig with this. For um, sure, yeah. Especially the Japanese stuff. Yep. Yeah. Any of those Japanese guitars from the 80s, they're really well made. They're, they're, well, I shouldn't say all of them. The vast majority of them are just really good. Yeah, oh, for yeah, sure, um, for yeah. sure. I was yeah, really um, on... As well as that, and I agree 100%, as well as that, they were seeing like Korean-made instruments coming in. Um, yeah. Even Chinese instruments, you know, the last five or so years, didn't always have a great name, but um, it's hard to find a guitar that doesn't play great and stay in tune. Yeah, that's right. And, well, it's all, mate, for... it's all, yeah, it's all CNC-made now. They're made by a computer, you know. Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to the quality of the components more than anything. Sure. Um, the, wood, the wood's going to be good you know the neck joints are going to be good all that sort of yeah, stuff's going to be yeah. good uh, it just comes down to the the, the, the little things yeah that the big end in saying that you know i've seen some big end guitars i won't mention names that have come out new and they're horrible right yeah you know, like the okay. fret the fret ends are sharp and um yeah there's high frets here and it's just yeah really bad so okay. yeah like it swings around about so i guess yeah sure but uh yeah yeah again all that sort of cheap stuff for me if you give it a good setup and maybe a good quality nut um and yeah, last they're awesome. Sound great. Yeah, cool. Good times. Good times to be a guitar player. Absolutely. Yeah, tough for sure. Yeah, <laughs> spoil for choice. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk. Let's talk funny boxes. So you had the uh, the two notes, the new two notes device to talk about. I did. Yeah. And yeah, I had the no, Boss I, yeah. Tube Amp Expander. These two things are probably they're not universes apart. They do different things, but um. Really interesting. Let's talk about the two note. What, what was what's that, and what what does it do? I, I just essentially, yeah, it really caught my eye. I thought it was a great idea. Uh, I've heard the, the two note stuff and all that's pretty good quality before, but it, it's basically um, a pedal size um, pedal that goes at the end of your chain of your effects pedal chain, and that it produces the IR responses and emulated outs that allow you to run either straight to a desk via a DI or to your computer or to your you know, your recording device or um, you can actually run your speaker from your amp into it and then run it out to the front of house. Um, and the the possibilities, are, I think, are endless of what you can do with this thing. It just yeah. And for under $500, um, it's sort of, to me, it, it was a really good compromise between the, the, the analog world, if you like, of you know, pedals and amps and stuff and, and the newer modeling world of your, your fractals and your Kempers and mm-hmm. helixes and stuff um, for guys who want to, use their pedal boards as such and they love their amp yeah. but they want a little bit more versatility um yeah i thought it was just a really good idea yeah really good idea and yeah again for sort of 450 bucks it's pretty good i thought yeah definitely i think 
for guys. I mean, like me, a lot of my gigs have amps, but more so there are opportunities to use in-ears. Um, right, yeah. Think, well, there you go. That's another thing, yeah, That would sure. be perfect for someone who's doing a bit of both. Um, yep. If you don't want to go all out into the digital world, but you still want to be able to run that kind of stuff yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you like, you know, yeah, and if you like your wire and you've got a you know, you've got a tube screamer you like and you know delay pedal that you love and blah blah blah, you know you're at home you can plug that you know them into this and then then run that into your computer, yeah, um, and stick your headphones on and you know crank away at night. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, in your bedroom or your studio, and not wake the you know your partner or the kids and um and still have the rest of the um of your pedals that you love, um and then you can use it live as well. I think I thought the just the um sheer use of this thing was it was a really good idea yeah, yeah nice yeah it looks yeah. awesome looks great all that all their stuff's been great the original torpedo and the... yeah yeah they're, they're yeah, definitely groundbreakers in that in that style yeah what did you think of the the, the boss yeah i thought it was cool too oh. i mean comparatively yeah. it's a bit pricey the retail in australia is i don't know i've seen them for around 17 to two grand so it's oh so yeah okay they're here are they you can actually get them already yeah yeah they've arrived right, yeah. um okay but they look amazing. So they call it the Tube Amp Expander, um, yeah. and it does a does a bunch of stuff. So maybe you do or you don't need all the bells and whistles. I guess it depends on the players. But it does similar stuff to the um, the two notes. I guess you can do. Um, it's got uh, IRs. It's got um, right. Yep. It's got DSP um, processing if you want that. You can um, uh, you can use it as a load box. Which is cool. Um, oh, it's... that's a good idea. That's the one thing that the the uh, cab two notes didn't do. You couldn't use it purely as a load box. Okay, yeah. You had to like play through it still into a load, otherwise you blow your amp up. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So that's a, that's a clever idea. That's probably where the extra cost is coming in. By the time they put in the circuitry for that, could do. Yeah, and it's also yeah, got I'm a just uh, guessing. Yeah, well, that'd be part of it. It's also got a hundred watt power amp built in. So, I guess kind of the opposite of what. What the idea with the maybe the two notes is if you want to get louder, so say you've got a small, yeah. say you've got your Marshall uh, 20 watt studio plexi, which sounds fantastic, but you actually need yeah. it louder. Um, or you know, you're running like some boutique five watt, whatever it is. Um, yeah. You could yeah. then take that out to a gig, run it through this, and make it louder. So it's, I guess, the opposite of attenuation. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it sounds good. I think, um, again, if I'm wrong, Brett was Brett Kingman was doing a demo of one of these a while back. I saw. Uh-huh. Um, I, I saved it on my save thing to watch later. Like a million things that I've got when I've got the time to sit down and actually watch yeah, this stuff. Yeah, but again, nice. he was raving about it. Uh, yeah, just again, as you said before, great times, mate, for the the gear that you can get these days. It's just yeah, amazing, amazing, just awesome. Oh, it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's Very just cool. killer. And boss, boss have been smashing it the last. I mean, yeah, arguably they've been smashing it for forty odd years, forty plus years. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, again, I love boss stuff. Always have, yeah. always will. I think they're they're just they're just great stuff. Yeah, and that that um, I think this thing uses that tube logic stuff they've got in there, which is just basically algorithms, I guess. But yeah, um, it works. You know, if you've played those boss uh, katana amps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they sound amazing. Yeah. They sound amazing. Absolutely amazing for what they are. You know, you're blindfolded. I don't think you'd be able to pick that it wasn't a tube amp. Yeah. You know, I've heard some, yeah, some really good nights of guys playing it and going, wow, that's that's not a tube amp. Yeah. yeah so I think they're on a, on a winner there. Definitely. The um, the thing I loved about the Katana is um, it actually feels good as well. Um, yep. I think that's where modeling has caught up lately. Like the original, yes. I don't know, 
I don't know what you if, if what you've done. I know you're running a um, you've got a fractal these days as well. Hey, yeah, yeah, just the FX8 though, not the uh, not the full X8. Yes, okay, yep. it. yeah. And I mean that stuff's incredible, but the early oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. the early stuff. Some of the early stuff I thought sounded really good, really usable. I had an old kidney bean pod. Um, yeah, they were awesome. Some of the tones yeah. on that were fantastic, but it just didn't feel all that great. Like it didn't respond no. to your picking. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially the, the always the gripe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the feel of it. But um yeah, man, playing a katana it just felt really good. It just responded as you'd hope a you know, a great amp would, so Yeah, and they're only gonna get better and better and better. Yeah. yeah. I think there'll always be a place for tube amps, for yeah. sure. Always. Yeah. Always. But um yeah, the modeling stuff will get to the stage where I think it will become the yeah, the big end of the market down the track for sure. I don't yeah, think there's any doubt about sure. it. But yep, there, there'll always that. be room for a small little tube amp cranked. You know, you'll. I don't think you'll ever ever. I could be wrong. I don't think you'll ever ever get there in total emulation. Yeah, well, I think I guess it, the opportunities these days, I guess, is the exciting part because if if you want a tube oh, amp, yeah, you shake a tree yep. and twelve tube amps fall out. And they're all great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> um, all right. You shake the other tree and a bunch of modelers or uh, IRs. You know, yeah. Are, are there, look so. at the yeah. Look at the big end of town now that uses you know um, the the modelling these days. There's no amps on stage. You know, I'm going up to um, uh, not a day on the green. It's the same sort of thing up in Queensland this weekend, and uh-huh. I guarantee you there'll be. I, I think well, Brett King was playing up there with James Rain. I'm pretty sure he was running an Axe Eight. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, just modelling, and it's just it's so easy. You know, you pack it in your suitcase in your in your travel bag and jump on a plane and. You turn up, you don't have to worry about backline gear and yeah, um, yeah. Any, any of the variables. You, you know, you've got total control over your tone, and you know that that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's that's the side of it that, to me, I love. Yeah, I, I love. You know, having seen some of the backline stuff over the years, you turn up, and you go, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and yeah, Metallica use fuel um, fractal now. They don't use any amps on stage. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, I reckon and they know a thing or two about loud. You know responding to you know, tube amps so yeah for sure for sure yeah. oh it's amazing how like all as soon as i saw people that are really just tone guys running this stuff yeah. so um who am i thinking like well peter northcote he was one of well, the first i was gonna say he would be the first one that comes to mind yeah he, it, he's a, a, definitely a disciple of it now yeah he told me he said i'll never buy another amp i thought okay yeah and um yeah but every time i've seen him he, he's just running this thing and his tone is fantastic Oh, mate, it is. And I've seen him so many times over the years, and yeah, he's one of my favourite players. And seen him back when he was playing Marshalls and then, you know, Hughes and Kettner stuff, and his team has always been great. Yeah, yeah. But now it's just phenomenal. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just unreal. Proof's in the pudding, just that guy. Um, Jack Jones, yeah. I saw recently using one. Um, right, right, cool. Bob awesome. Spencer, who I just love from, you know, the yep. Angels, yep. now doing the Rose Tattoo gig. Um, yeah, he'll be there this weekend, hopefully too. I'm looking forward to seeing oh, him as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah. he's a tube amp guy, and um, but yes, but, very but much touring, so. Yeah. You know, yeah, very much. The so. tats are um, always busy in Europe. They have got lots going on in Europe, so he's just um, right. Okay. Been like on those. Dave Leslie's using one now. Like yeah. all these guys, who's yeah. great players, yeah. but just beautiful tones. Yeah. yeah well, awesome. okay. There's yeah. there's something in this. There's got to be something there, isn't there? Something yeah, that's on. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then again, that's the other end of the spectrum. It's all in the hands, man. I think I could play through their rigs, and it still sound like crappy old me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I hear. You. I hear you. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> for better or for worse. We'll yeah, that's else. right. Absolutely. Yeah, Have you yeah. seen that video of? Um, I think it's there's so many 
that tell this story, but there's one um, Eric Johnson has plugged into Zach Wilde's rig. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, I haven't. No, I haven't. So he's playing one of the wild guitars that kind of looks like a cross between a V and an SG. Yeah, Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, it's got the active pickups and and um, it it sounds well. It doesn't sound like um, uh, either the Musicom or or whatever, but it's it's so close. It's like really. Yeah, it's in the hands. Yeah, there's plenty of stories over the years I've heard anecdotally about that. Same thing. I heard a Ted Nugent one with Eddie Van Halen's rig Uh as well. You know, yeah, I sound exactly the same. It's me. It's my. <laughs> it's all in Eddie's. It's all in Eddie's fingers. Mate, oh, you know? okay. So Nugent it's, plugged it's, into yeah. Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another one I heard that on Jude's podcast the other day. Um, he was doing the Jason Becker. Oh yeah. Oh man. Just so inspiring. How it's amazing just was amazing. that? Amazing that dude is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but that's another story. But yeah, he was saying <laughs> Eddie came around to his place and and plugged into this crappy little PV Bandit. Yeah. And. And he said, just blew everyone away because he sounded like Eddie. Yeah. He sounded like Eddie off the original Van Halen album, playing yeah. straight into a, a little crappy PV Bandit. So, yeah, go. go figure. <laughs> but despite all of that, Gav, we're going to keep talking about more new gear. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, on, on that, on that, on that, um, that theme, I guess was the the I saw was the Moor, the brand, the sort of the cheaper end pedals. They've yeah, got a, yeah. a new multi effects coming out. Yeah, um, they had the GE two hundred, I think it was, came out a couple of years ago, which was yeah fairly well received, and it was yeah. only, again yeah. probably only about four or five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and um, for one of a better way of saying it, and I could be wrong, but it's yeah, a poorer man's fractal or poorer mm-hmm. man's Kemper. Sure. Um, but this new three hundred that's they they debuted at Nam, um, it does everything. It you can record your amp and sample it like a Kemper. Um, it does IR oh, responses. Wow. It, wow. It's got um, oh, how did a phenomenal amount of um, uh, stomp boxes, yeah. uh, amp modeling. Yeah, it just does the whole the whole kit and caboodle. And I don't imagine it would be again. I'm totally guessing, but I don't imagine it'd be anywhere near a grand. So you know, oh, like that's sure. great value, sure. man. That's yeah. that's killer value for a you know a young guy that's sort of at home and just wants to sort of put their foot in the water of mm-hmm. toe in the water of, of modeling and definitely. Um, yeah, so I'd be very interested to see when that thing comes out. So yeah, man. I think the importers in Melbourne. I think it's Deluxe Guitars in Melbourne. I think oh, okay. the, the importer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it looks good. It looks uh, a little bit like the Head Rush, I guess. It does. Uh, yeah, very much so. But, yes. um, yeah, yeah cool. very much so. Yeah. Yeah, for for yeah. exactly like you said, newer players or people on a budget wanting to get into that ampless gigs or whatever that that would that yeah. looks perfect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, one pedal I saw, um, which I thought was cool, and it, it's it's one of a million fuzz pedals. It was the Dan Electro Eisenhower fuzz. Um, right. Okay. I, I yep. thought it looked yep. really cool. It's. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people making fuzz pedals and. Yes, they are. <laughs> Most of them sound it's, like fuzz pedals, and if you dig fuzz, do, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's probably the simplest pedal to make. Yeah, of, of any circuit. Yeah, fuzz circuit is very simple. So there's a lot of variations there. But yeah, how did that sound? Good. Yeah, it sounded amazing. It sounded um, it was awesome. pretty aggressive. So more of a silicon yeah. kind of fuzz thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. has uh has bass and treble control, so a bit, bit more control than maybe your average fuzz. Um, it had yeah. a, a mid. Had a switchable mid, right, so okay. you could scoop. You know, your fuzz is pretty scooped. Yeah, in the yeah, mids, yeah. you could you could switch a, a few more mids in. Um, yeah, right. I'd I'd probably prefer a, just a 
a pot for mids so you can just dial it in exactly. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because you know, too much mids and it doesn't sound like the fuzz anymore, and too little, you're not going to hear it on a gig. Yeah, on that, that that's. I mean, that's a, a a big thing for me is to have sort of pot control on any of the stuff and. Yeah. Um, if I if I did have a, 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 a just a quick aside, if I did have a, an issue with the FX8 the fractal stuff, is you just don't have instant ability to you know, mid gig to sure. change things. You yeah, know, like yeah. you know with a, with the old pedal, you know, you just sort of bend down and touch a knob or use your foot to roll yeah. your volume up or down or whatever with yeah, the, the digital yeah. stuff. It's not as accessible. Sure. At the moment, they are getting better. They're, yeah. they're definitely getting better. But yeah, I'll, I agree, and I think a pot would be a better idea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that Dell Electro stuff's good. Yeah, it I, sounds... I've always liked it. Yeah, ever since the old Cool Cat, which I've still got, the old Dell Electro. You know, they, those hot cake sort of shaped pedals back in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know when they came out. Yeah. I've got a Cool yeah. Cat. Yeah, they're they're basically a um, an OCD, a full tone OCD ripoff. Yeah. Well, I've got. Yeah. Do you know what version yours is? Mine's a one. Uh, no, I don't. It's actually it's just over here in the corner. I can pick it up. Because <laughs> um, the version no, one, it was so close to the OCD, um, they had to change. Yeah. Like full tone made. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, full tone made a change. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not sure to be honest. I don't know. But yeah. um, I've AB this against a um a full tone OCD that I made left here once, and mm. there's not a lot of difference. Yeah, there's really. probably a little bit more something in the OCD. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then again, it's like two hundred dollars more. So yeah. Um, but yeah, if again, yeah, for the price point, I think that Dan Electro stuff is great. Yeah, definitely. Really, really good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. And this one doesn't seem to be aping any particular circuit. So hopefully they're, they're not just ripping off circuits as they do. Oh, look at it again as a fuzz circuit, mate. There's not a lot of stuff you can do. Like it yeah. is a basic circuit and then there's just the rest of it's just all flurry floss around the outside of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, look, it sounded great. It sounded really gnarly. Mm. It's uh, it's in like a yeah, cool. relic kind of pedal case enclosure, which I don't know, I could take or leave. But um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounded fun. It sounded cool. Yeah, cool. But did you see the? Oh, did, yeah. Did you see the the Venurum tube screamer? The, oh the, yes. Uh, they <laughs> did with a partner with Ibanez. They actually partnered together and released a, a tube screamer, which is um, I, did I think it was gold, and they released it for five hundred dollars <laughs> US. Wow. So if you want to get yourself a 500 US tube screamer, <laughs> you can do that box. now. It's a great time to be a guitar player. You can it is, you and you can, yeah. It just it comes with a free form that you can like leave it to your kids and your will because that's what it's worth. You know, it's, it's that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's an instant heirloom. <laughs> we sell a kidney or something. Yeah, wow. I thought it was quite. I thought it was quite funny. But um, yeah, more power to people who want that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. there's obviously a market for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> You'd think. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Australian recommended retail, $849. Oh, ouch. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> there you go, indeed. Uh, for the record, um, Gavin and I both agreed that the pedal sounds awesome. And if anyone actually owns one, please get in touch. Guitar Speak Podcast at Gmail. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It does look amazing. Um, I, I, I'm just not getting one. <laughs> but if you do, more power to you. And any of the stuff. Hey, if you've got any uh, any thoughts on them, if you agree, if you disagree with some of the views, please let us know. Again, guitarspeakpodcast.com or head over to our Facebook page, etc. We'd love to uh, continue the discussion on over there. Now, I must say, I, I still haven't found out who the Australian distributor of Friedman Amps is. I know Charles Celia of Celia Guitars is definitely um, a dealer. I know he's good friends with Dave. 
Um, I'm just not 100% on who is the importer because there are a few dealers around Australia. Stay tuned. I'm going to dig into that a little bit more. All right, that just about winds this episode to an end. Just to let you know what's coming up, I'm so excited. Tal Wilkenfeld, um, Rick Kelly of Kelly Guitars, Jeremy Barnes, Tim Rowlandson. Um, yeah, man, some great episodes coming up, so stay tuned. Head on over to guitarspeakpodcast.com, uh, and there there's all the links to our social media or subscribing to the show and all that kind of stuff, ways to get in contact, etc. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.